Welcome back, Zero to 60, Brew Maestas, Matt McChesney. Matt, how are you? Rolling. Happy Monday to everybody, man. It's going to be a hell of a show today. Great week coming up. I don't know if I can be more excited for the uh, week of shows we got coming up. Um, I'm fucking pumped. How do you feel this morning? Uh, <laughs> that's a loaded question. I woke up a little groggy, but I'm good now. Wednesday's going to be fun. Wednesday's going to kick ass. On Wednesday, all right, we are interviewing the great Coach Prime uh, up at his office up in Boulder. Bree and I will be going up there with our with our team, uh, and, you know, we'll be recording all of it. We'll have a, a ton of fun with Coach Prime up there on Wednesday. Uh, any questions or comments that you might have out there uh, that you want us to ask, please ask. Remember the, to log on and subscribe and like everything here on the YouTube page. And remember that, you know, everything is here, everything here on Zero to 60 through the Bleed Network is brought to you by our great friends at Bet Online. Without Bet Online, Brian and I couldn't do this show. We wouldn't have the support uh, that they give us. And it is outstanding to say the least. And with March Madness coming up and, you know, the NBA in full swing, I mean, Nicole Jokic is now at three straight games of triple-double. So if you're putting any money on the triple-double number there on Bet Online on Nicole, you're making bank. Um, you know, they give you all your best wagering news and notes. I get my weather from that site. Um, <laughs> uh, but look, Bet Online is the, the source for all of your wagering needs. Uh, they do a great job of supporting. They do a great job of making sure that you're doing it correctly, putting limits on how much you put in, make sure, making sure that you're not getting over your, over your skis, as they say. Uh, but look, go to Bet Online. Make sure you download the app. Get on the team. Use the promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, and they'll give you a 50% retention bonus on your deposit. You put in a hun, they'll match it 50%, and you're rolling and, and wagering uh, and, and doing it right. So the bet online brings you uh, 0 to 60 today. It's Bree Mason's tonight roll, and we have a lot to talk about. Before we get started, though, okay, it's cool with you, boss, <laughs> I uh, I want to show this, this video of us and what we're doing with Coach Prime coming up this weekend next wednesday the 28th of february i'll be in boulder colorado at 1 p.m for a one-on-one -on -one sit down face to face with prime cut that up <laughs> that's definitely gonna get thrown up i'm gonna have to wear my nice watch i'm super pumped and uh it's gonna be a great interview and i, I can't wait to sit down with them and and talk shop live on zero to 60 at 1 p.m on at, on youtube so make sure you go over and subscribe, try and loosen it up a little bit and have some fun and, you know, just really dive into to what it means to be a Colorado Buffalo under Coach Prime up there and having two guys that are going to be in the Heisman conversation, in my opinion, and Shador and Travis Hunter and all the dudes. So regardless, we are pumped. I mean, the access is hard. Um, it's not like Coach Prime is just lining up to interview with everybody. Uh, and, and I'm really excited to go up there and yuck it up with my guy and uh, and, and dive into all things. So, Bree, let's roll. Now, what do you want to talk about today? So, where should we start? Where should we start? <laughs> okay, well, I want, I want to talk about the college football game because EA finally, after a decade of being basically un, uh, unable <laughs> to roll the college <laughs> I don't know. I, I figure a little bit excited about it. Pumped. I'm going to run you off the sticks, too. Why exactly Ooh. is that, though? How does it differentiate from, I don't know, Mavis? It, look, it, I always liked the college games better than the pro games. Back in the day, you used to be able to, like, 
take your your program on college. I know this is super dynasty super, mode. Super new, it's back. It's yeah, back. so you can take your mode and then like build your players and your program, and then you can take it and like load those onto Madden and draft those guys onto your Madden team. And like just keep keep party going. So I hope that part's cool uh, and, and continuing. I'm pumped about this personally. Clint Oldenburg is a great friend of mine, and he played at Colorado State. Uh, you know, we've known each other forever. We played against each other in college many times. Some big time battles. He got drafted by the Patriots. We were on the same team in New York and Denver together. We've known each other forever, and that's relevant because Clint is one of the lead designers and head designers for Madden and now college football. So he always sends me Madden early and he's like, check this out. What do you not like? What do you like? Like all the, the pass rush stuff on Madden that's changed throughout the years, like being able to do spin moves and all that shit. I'm not saying it's because of me, but I did complain to Clint 9 million fucking times about how terrible it was that needed to be changed. <laughs> he is really, really, really on the cutting edge of what needs to be like in those games and how, they could be, I feel like they could be so much better than they were. Like they just need to keep evolving. And he's at the forefront of that. And what he's telling me about this new NCAA college football game is he's like, this is going to blow your socks off. So you're telling me you've had an inside track oh, to how the game's being. For Madden and now college football. That's so my opinion, to my, to my old boy, one of my best friends who runs it and is one of the lead designers, you know, if you look like watch uh, Hard Knocks, right? And you always see the big tatted up dude, shaved head out there talking to the players about their ratings. I'm like, why is my speed higher? Blah, blah, blah. That's Clint. He's the one that everybody's bitching at. So I think the fact that, like, you know, they've got a guy like Clint at the forefront pushing the changes and everything that needs to be done. I'm so excited for this shit. The first thing that happened right when it came out and we knew that it was going to come out, I started texting all my boys, all of them since day one. You know, like my homeboy Clyde passed last week, and we used to fucking play this game like it was religion. And it just get ran off the sticks, what we always used to say. If you get up by 21 points, you're done. Pull, pull, put the sticks on something. You have else. a mercy rule? There, there's a mercy rule. You get down by 21, you're dubbed. Next guy's up. You get a possession, though. And I mean, it just it's a way to come together with your boys, man, especially if you're a college football player. I think we're going to talk about the business side of this in a second, but it's so cool if you're you know, in high school, and then all of a sudden you see your name and face on a college football game back in the day. Back in the day, it's just your number. Like, they would just throw your number up there and your rating. So, like, the last game that I was on in 04, I think I was, like, an 87 or something, which is respectable. Um, okay. But I, I don't know, man. I'm super excited about it. And now with the online communities and everybody being able to play, I'm running all y'all off the sticks. I'm running <laughs> you off the sticks. I'm running folks. You're getting ran off the sticks. Wilder, you're getting ran out the sticks. Everybody, off the fucking sticks you go. I cannot wait. Uh, you're not competitive in the slightest. No, not at all. I <laughs> want to talk about the business aspect of it um, because I think it's it's interesting. I believe the number is $600. $600. And a copy of the game. Do not get it twisted. You also get the game. You don't have to purchase it yourself. Would you have been happy with six hundred dollars? Yeah, man, I'm pumped that they're giving me a free copy and I get six hundred dollars. But I mean, Madden in the NFL is like ten G's. You got a fat check from your Madden, your Madden uh, dude. So six hundred dollars seems a little, little low ball to me. But 
Well, I mean, I guess everybody wants to be on the game. They'll take it. Um, it's better than nothing. Better it's than better nothing. than EA getting sued for name, image, and likeness. That's true. So but they're going to give the kids an opportunity to – I'm sure that the top 1% are going to negotiate different deals. Whoever makes the cover, and I'd be shocked if it's not Shador, Travis, or Coach Prime, or all three of them. I'd be stunned if it's not all three of those guys or one of the three. They're going to make more money being the cover athlete. I would assume so. Well, that is the brand. That is the product. They should. Right. They should. So, maybe it's like this is a thing. And, you know, there was a ruling in Tennessee that's going to change college football forever, where in the past, you can't negotiate with the coaches. So, if I have a coach reach out to me and they're like, hey, we really like this kid. We're going to recruit him. Uh, But, we can't negotiate NIL with him or his family directly. Mm-hmm. The kid can't really ask the coach, and this at least is not supposed to happen, or it wasn't. Well, the, the Tennessee ruling came out and said that's unconstitutional, and now the coaches can directly talk to the kids about NIL and how much money they could be making. As a which, part of the recruitment process? Yes, absolutely. So now the NCAA said that we can't decorate a fucking hotel room, but the coaches can talk to him about straight cash, Tony. So the NCAA is on their way out. It's a joke organization. We've all talked about this so many times. It's super corrupt. They don't really care about the kids. Their rules are mundane and ridiculous. They don't fact check. I mean, I got, I got CU in trouble for a game I didn't even go to. Like they, I think the NCAA knows that they're on their last life here in Contra, and they don't have the code. So it's over, dog. Like the NCAA is is on its way out, thank God. And this ruling now allows for college football coaches and players to actively negotiate NIL and money to each other one on one. And then the best part about this now is there's going to be contracts. No more of this flip flopping right and left. Every time something happens, a kid goes back to the transfer portal. I think now you're going to see college football programs with the ability to say. All right, Bree, we're going to give you 250 G's on a three-year contract. And you, now you're going to be part of this. And we're going to lock you down. And then it eliminates all this flip-flopping and jumping school to school. And the coaches that are all out complaining now about, like, they can't recruit, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a lot of sympathy for that because coaches have been able to, to jump school to school whenever they want for as long as they want. And they always have gotten paid throughout the past. Now that the players can do it, they don't like that. So, but there does need to be some kind of like level off where there's at least, you know, a way to keep your your fucking program together to a point. You know what I'm saying? Like, what does this do though? Having to, to recruit the same kid over and over and over and over again every day, every month, every year it gets a little old. Well, maybe it should be about that. Maybe it should be more about how the the players interviewing the institution as well. It no longer is the well, at least you're playing pro ball aspect or True. college ball or pro ball because think about the agency. Of having agents now. Now college players are going to have to start looking into who's representing you and who's getting you the best deal possible because it's not just about what your family thinks or what you think or what your high school coaches think is the best move. Now you're starting to look at who's representing you in the long run. Well, you know that sounds like agents. a win for agents. Right. And it, look, it is a win for agents. It's a win for players if it's done correctly. This next topic we're going to like, it's perfect transition into it. That's why Bree's the fucking pro she is, folks. You see that? The way she fucking massaged that one right there? But you see Cam Newton getting jumped at his own 7-on-7 thing. Well, was it a jump or did he try to st- break up well, a fight? Whatever it is, it's a fight in a 7-on-7 tournament. Where right, got, why is that even happening? You know, you've got 
I could want a Heisman and an MVP being openly disrespected. And we talk about this because Bree brought up agents. There's a difference between an agent, a lawyer, a guy who's, this is his job. And what Coach JB was saying this morning on his show was street agents and street trainers. And look, I, I run a business, a six-year academy, where some could say that's that's what I do. I don't do seven-on-seven. I don't really put myself out there to live vicariously through the kids I work with. I already did all this shit. I don't need to do that. But there is a large contingent of people that do. So I want you to watch this thing from Cam Newton, right? We got that video. I don't actually have the video. I think everyone's seen the video. So everyone's seen the video of Cam. If you can't Both see angles it, of him. It okay, it, it goes quick. But it's Cam essentially either trying to break up a fight or something. And he's getting pushed and jumped. But then he's like throwing people around because he's Cam fucking Newton and has a grown man. No, it's 6'5", yeah. 260 pounds. Look, I've seen him openly disrespected on social media by children. And that comes from parents. You're a free agent. You ain't shit, blah, blah, blah. Bro, he won Heisman and an NFL MVP. He was one of the best players in his position from an athletic standpoint ever. All right, he's a modern-day Randall Cunningham, bigger, stronger, and faster. He was electric when he played. Does he have a mouth? Yeah. Is he a little weird? Yeah, kind of. But I'm telling you, bro, the fact that there's so many young guys openly disrespecting him, and now they're fighting him in a seven-on-seven tournament, and parents, some regular Joe Schmo motherfucker that never did anything, has the audacity to disrespect Cam Newton and try to fight him? I deal with this all the time. I deal with that. Look, if you get offended by what I'm saying here, I'm directly talking to your punk ass. Resume means something. What you've done in the past means something about what you do in the present. I don't run my business off of a hope and a whim. I played both ways in the National Football League. I'm fully vested. I'm from the state that I that I fucking love and try and help. The fact that just bringing this back to me and what I do, I have to get so much flack from high school coaches and trainers and other fucking guys that are out here acting like I don't know what I'm doing. And then they see me face to face and they shake my hand and kiss my ass. I'd rather you fight me like Cam Newton. But this is kind of the whole circle here of just ultimate disrespect from people that didn't do shit. It's just because it didn't work out for you or the coach fucked you over or you got hurt or whatever other excuse you want to use. You don't get to, like, tear down Cam Newton and act like he didn't do shit and then teach your kids to be just schmuck while you're at his 7-on-7 tournament. Matt, in the last 10, 15 years, though, we I guess we have to disapply. We have to, like, remove the logic from the conversation. Like, how could any grown man or individual look at Cam Newton and say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a swing on him. But in the last 10 to 15 years, we've seen it happening. I've seen it a multitude of time at tournaments where you get parents together and kids together and kids are fighting parents and kids are talking back and the parents are fighting the other parents and the other kids that are talking shit. And it's like, it's bred systematically into, it doesn't matter what you do. You run your mouth, you throw a couple of punches, you cause a melee inside a group of people who yep. are there to watch and participate in a sporting event, which is supposed to be yep. a game. I think the culture has shifted a little bit. Uh, Gordon is saying social media is the problem. That's Absolutely. Problem. Because when does it never get caught on camera? The first people that are there are not breaking up this. They're not trying to instill any it. confidence. They're filming it and they're posting it on social well, media. Get him, get him. It, it's like the whole the world star effect I is where don't, I don't understand this part. Maybe you can help me. Anybody out there in, in engaging, we really appreciate you. Pound that like button, subscribe. We appreciate the hell out of everybody that watches and engages in the show. 
How is it that a man that's won a Heisman and an MVP or a guy who played in the NFL and has his full pension or a guy who played five years of college football and really cut his teeth and knows what he's talking about and just didn't get a chance? Like my boy Joel Klatt didn't play in the NFL. He had a cup of coffee. That doesn't mean he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's one of the most knowledgeable football minds I've ever been around. I don't understand how people can't respect what people did anymore. Like the guy who didn't do it somehow now has more of a mouthpiece and more. He, he, he knows more than the guy that did. I think it's really easy. And you see this firsthand is for people to sit behind a keyboard behind an anonymous name, not in person. Talk a lot about people being washed, has been, hasn't done shit. I've done it. I've called Joe Flacco some terrible names in the past. Listen, he came up off his couch, played in some NFL games and did a really convincing job of it. It's very easy. Even if you are a casual fan, even if you have been watching this game for a while, whatever the indication is, it is very easy in a moment of circumstances to talk about not only recency bias, but also just be very much so not appropriate to your word and just say, you know, another wash, they never have been. It's fun to make fun of Cam Newton for what happened in that Super Bowl against the Broncos. But when you think about it, does it actually take away from what he has done? It's just super simple to do so. You can pick any retired NFL player and try to make a case as to why they don't deserve any sort of recognition. I'm not saying it's right, but I think it's like the perfect storm. It's the culmination of all the stuff we're talking about as far as social media or making disparaging remarks because you can and you can just say whatever the hell you want nowadays. You can come on to a show. I could extend an invitation to any random person in the chat for them to come on and give me their hottest take. And they have the platform to do so. When you platform the voice, when you platform the institution, you are able to create this narrative where Cam Newton is washed. He's a free agent. He's not shit. Listen, he's been to a Super Bowl. Cam Newton is not Heisman MVP. Heisman MVP. Far from not shit. No, exactly. And I think what it is is like you're embattled in also tournaments not to – not to, uh, I guess, I don't want to no, take this stop, conversation. Stop, 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 stop. It's okay. I don't want to do dil- That's where I'm going right after this. But I don't want to dilute the idea that it's just testosterone and too much of it all in the same place. But I do think a lot of that plays into it as well. Yeah. And also taking a seven-on-seven tournament that serious is. Well, look, like, it's like I said today in a Coach JB show, and he was talking about something that I've talked about in the past, but I love that he did this. Not on seven, and so it's not on seven. You have a pass rusher and a tackle, like a center, and he snaps the ball. And the quarterback actually has to talk about, think about protection and get the ball out on time and things of that nature. Seven on seven has become like it's like a it's like the the three point contest or some shit. It's not real. Like you don't have ten seconds to throw the ball. Some D lineman is going to eat you, even if they're protecting you well. Like. The fact also, and I brought this up this morning, my man Bailey, I know he's going to cut this up for me on JB's show, but I'm just going to do this again, all right? And anybody watching or hearing, it, I have quarterbacks to come in and sit down with me, and they want to do work. And I'm like, okay, from a physical standpoint, I'll help you as much as I can, but you should probably go find a quarterback coach for the physical part of, like, drops and release and how to throw the football correctly and things of that nature. I'm a lineman. But – but all that said, man, when you walk in as a quarterback and I say, okay, son, I'm going to hand you this whiteboard marker. We're going to get recruiting started for you, and we're going to send you to 
to Texas a and all right? Coach Colin Klein, just who was a Kansas State forever from Lovell High School, he's now the quarterback coach down at A&M. And he wants to evaluate you and bring you in, all right? And A&M's got Trey Zoon at left tackle for Foster Ridge, who's proud Dungeon family. They just offered Breck and Reese, and they got eyes on all these other kids. And they really like your that quarterback, son. Uh, we're going to say that uh, it's the great kid. I right? just signed up this this outstanding quarterback, outside linebacker, uh, uh, and he comes in, and I'm like, okay, you want to play quarterback? We're going to send you to Texas A&M. And when you get there, instead of going on a trip to see the chemistry department, I want you, okay, to get on the board. And the first thing I'm going to say to you and tell Coach Klein to bust your balls about is, okay, son, get up there and give me uh, – here's the whiteboard marker. There's whiteboard 11, three-by-one, tight end dice, so left alpha – Close bunch, right, nasty. And then we're going to do it under Sam Stack, strong safety force, cover one fence, man. We're going to go 60 protection, which is four down on the mic. What does Mike mean? Middle linebacker. Nope, it's the most dangerous second level defender. I don't know how you get the middle of 11. That's a really good question. Uh, so where's the most dangerous second level defender? That will take the uncovered offensive lineman and put him on the point. Have you ever seen how, like the, the pendulum, where you drop one ball and the other four are on strings and the last ball pops off? That's hip-to-hip offensive line play playing through the man next to you gets the point. So who's rocked one-on-one? Why are they in an under front? What's the point of under? The Sam stack allows everybody inside. When you hear a force from a second-level player, it allows everybody inside to move. That would be a Don Caper zone blitz. Who's Don Capers? What does the zone blitz entail? How is, why is it so important? Why would we drop the outside defensive end on the zone blitz, bringing all the other side pressure to the boundary? to the field, we're going to drop there, but are we going to drop outside or to the seam on a three-by-one? What is a levels concept? When they move two-by-two, two, what's mirror concept? Oh, by the way, this is all pre-snap, homeboy, and if they move from under to over, everything's got to change really, really, really lickety-split. If you can't do that as an offensive player, as a quarterback especially, I love it when I hear a quarterback say, hey, son, who's responsible for your protection? And the quarterback goes, well, the offensive line. And I go, you don't like your teeth, do you? You're responsible for your protection, dog. You need to be able to walk up and know everything at every moment and tell all the big eaters where they need to go. They'll agree with you. If we're all right or if we're all wrong together, we're all right, dog. And I know that's just one circumstance, or maybe it could be 10 personnel, you know, two by two to an, an even NASCAR front with a nickel formation and a cover four shell. It doesn't matter. It's the ability to speak football and the quarterbacks these days, especially. And it's really every position, but especially the quarterbacks. If you can't do what I just told you to do, or you're like, oh, my coach doesn't use that terminology. Okay. Scheme everywhere is the same. Terminology changes. 60 protection and scat protection are the same goddamn thing. I'm just, I'm at this point where the illusion of success and knowledge has now become the norm, as opposed to actually knowing what the fuck you're talking about. And then people that know what they're talking about are like demonized in the, in the business because there's so many people that don't know what they're talking about that they like group together and they start disrespecting Cam Newton at his own fucking seven on seven tournament that he doesn't need to do. You think Cam wants to continue doing this shit when he's getting punched in the face at his own tournament? Probably not. Like why, why would I continue to do this? He doesn't need to do that shit. So look, in the information age, ignorance is a choice. And it seems to me like the dumb are running the fucking the 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 way things roll these days. So 
you know, if you want to be ignorant and, and pretty dumb these days, you've got a platform on social media to make it happen. And everybody will know that you're as dumb as you say you are. But anybody that's out here like acting like Cam's the bad guy or he's lost or yada, yada, yada. How many Heisman trophies do you have or NFL MVPs do you have? Could he have done things differently? Does he have issues? Maybe from a from a critical standpoint. But come on, man. I mean, at some point, people that have actually done have to be respected more at, at, than people that haven't. It, it's I don't mean to like ruffle feathers here or anything, but I love it when pundits, the guys who didn't play, say to me like, oh, well, you're probably one of those those players that say to people like, well, you didn't play, so you don't know what you're talking about. I give everybody an opportunity to, to sound like a fucking idiot. But at the same time, if you want me to take you seriously, if you didn't play and you start talking shit like you know what you're talking about, you're wrong. How do you want me to take that seriously? And this is just another circumstance of, of things like that. And I think it comes up too when you uh, there. There's been some comments of nobody would have said shit to Cam Newton, you know, at the start of his career. It's just interesting how that shifted, how you can go and how you can say these things, or how you can uh, throw a punch or how the fights happen and how they start. But you made a, a really interesting point there is who's, who's going to continue that. I, um, I've run out of things to say about Cam Newton. I, I really enjoyed watching him toss that guy off the stage. Uh, first and foremost, he's still in, in playing shape. And I think he could step onto an NFL field and do just fine. Um, probably better than Colin Kaepernick or some of the other choices that are out there who haven't played for a really long time. Uh I do want to talk about another quarterback, though. That, yeah, please. Um, Could you play the video? I really don't want to. Roll tape. Oh, you sitting here at 35, you so say you feel the best you've ever felt. Do you still have that obsession? I got more fire than ever, honestly, especially over the past two years of what I've gone through, whether it's in Denver or somewhere else. I, I hope it's in Denver. You know, I hope I get to finish there. I, I, I committed there. I wanted to be there. You know, I want to be there. For me, it's about winning. Over the next five years, I want to win, too. I want to feel the chill of that trophy again. You know, I, I love the city and everything else, but you know, you also want to be a place that, that wants you too. So, the thing that I I, I want to do is, is, is win, man. That's all. That's all I care about. I um. Well, first of all, look, I am athlete. It's a great podcast. My man Brandon Marshall does a great job. We got to give him his love. It, the whole interview comes out this weekend at 8 p.m. I think it's on Sunday. Such a great get. I mean, just an unbelievable interview, I'm sure. But just this little snippet has blown up. I was trying to drive to get coffee, heard it all over the van and Schlaer talking about it. I'm going to let you go first. What <laughs> no, I, I, no, no, you got to go first on this one because uh, I know you love Russ so much. He's your best friend. You're like, oh, my God, Russell Wilson's the reason why the Broncos never win the Super Bowl, right? Um, I like, yeah. how, I like <laughs> how the captions came back and said, I want to win two, and they and it was auto-captioned as T-O-O, like, I want to win two. Like, I'd like to win um, not two, the number two, which I think is what was inferred from that video, that Russell Wilson would like to win two more Super Bowls. That boat has – it's sailed. It's gone. Two years ago, when the Broncos signed Russell Wilson, it was probably exper an experiment that could have been left undone. Um, it's an interesting way to swing the narrative. Uh, I have a certain vantage point with how 
I think Russell Wilson does media. I'm really happy that he was able to sit down with B Marsh and they were able to get that interview done. I think that's great for, you know, Brandon and, and that podcast. And I think it's going to be an interesting watch. I'm going to listen to all of it when it does come out. But at the end of the day, I'm stalling right now to just say it's a very interesting case of didn't you automatically feel bad for Russell Wilson when he said the only person he could really talk to and the only person on the team that knew what was going on with the holdouts and being asked to sit on the bench while they talk about injury clauses and designations was Cortland Sutton and he couldn't talk to he didn't have anybody else to go to. It's a lot of a PR swing in Russell Wilson's favor of what was going on. And he is absolutely right to deny what was asked of him. The Walton Penner group is extremely rich. They are able to pay Russell Wilson. They don't need to be concerned about that. But we do have to logistically look at was the play good enough to designate that. I'm in the camp of, you know, probably not, but it's okay for a player to want the contract that was guaranteed to them specifically because guarantees in the NFL are basically zilch. So I understand where there's a lot of frustration. Do I feel bad for Russell Wilson? Sometimes when I hear him talking about how it's unfair, but also the Broncos have been in a very poor place the last, we're going on 10, 11 years now. What exactly is supposed to change unless you do these sweeping moves? I don't agree with it. I don't think it's the right thing to do. I think it's interesting that now he's going out and talking about it, like in a sit-down interview. Um, and I, the question I'm going to ask, though, is there's no chance in hell that he comes back to play for the Broncos, specifically with the conversations that are surrounding this. The idea that he has his uh, Cherry Hills house up for sale, he actually commented on that and saying it's not up for sale. Well, it's not on the market right now. And it's just, um, I don't know. I kind of want to get past this era, this chapter in the Broncos uh, history, because it's not the future. It definitely is not. Look, you bring up a lot of good points. I I can't say I feel sorry for Russ. This is the business that we chose. The Broncos signed him to this very lucrative contract. It didn't pan out, but it's not his not looking at it from a bird's eye, his numbers are not terrible from this last year, but you and I watched every single snap. We saw how late he was on throws, how bad he was on third down, how many sacks he, you know cause because he's holding the football, the lack of adjustments, not being able to conform and fit into what Coach Payton wants. If you're in the camp that you think Sean Payton is the direct attribution as to why that was happening, that means it's still not a good fit. Yeah, and that's the thing is Payton and Russ, it's like oil and water. I don't think that they're going to be able to operate together correctly. And look, Sean Payton's kind of an asshole. And Russ is a really nice dude. And I think he takes shit pretty personal. And, you know, like – I like the fact that he didn't set a precedent. He made a point saying, I didn't want to be the guy that reads negotiates a, a, a guarantee injury settlement clause in my contract. And then all of a sudden they have precedent on that and they can do it with everybody else. I respect the shit out of that. I didn't really think about that part. That to me sounds like a guy who's, you know, thinking about the other players. And that doesn't really happen a lot with the one percenters in the NFL. So that's cool. But at the same time, man, the the situation here with Russ has gone sour. It seems like he's either going to be a Steeler or a Raider or somebody else. The Steelers and Mike Tomlin, I'm sure they take 28 touchdowns or whatever it was and eight picks. And 
and being proficient and efficient. Now, will he be able to like fit into that system? Does he want to play for a guy like Tomlin? Will they have better rapport? I'm sure they will. I don't think Tomlin has the same kind of problems with players that Peyton does. So maybe the Patriots. Maybe the Patriots. You never know. So look, man, I, I wish Russ the best. It's not going to happen in Denver. I know that he's a competitor and he says things like, I want to win two more rings in the next five years. Bro, everybody does. That's great. I'm glad that, that you're thinking like that. But at times you need to like not say shit like this. I want to I want to see a different reaction. I want to see a different rust. I want and it's not going to happen until he's out of the league and even then I don't think that he has it in him to have a sit down where it's just being like do you think that all that was genuine? I don't know. I don't want to We read I can't read rust anymore. I don't know when he's like bullshitting me. I don't know when he's joking. I don't know when he's serious. You and I both know that the the most the best thing you can do for people is not try to infer their intentions. You don't want to say that someone is genuine or that they're being disingenuous. It's hard to see what Russ says, which is a, a repeat of a lot of the same stuff that makes him come off extremely positive. I think a lot of that is how Russ really is, but I don't know. I don't know if it's wrong to want to see more emotion or more realness. And maybe he's just so positive that that's just who he is. And I think there's a, it's wrong of me to say it's toxic positivity, which I think is a thing. I think if you go around saying everything's hunky dory and all the time that I think that's also, well, you're, then you're not dealing with shit. And I think this is a circumstance which is really hard for Russ, but he doesn't have the liberty as an active NFL player to say whatever he wants because it'll be held against him for the rest of his career and then even then so when you start talking about hall of fame conversations so in that vein i feel like i have to say you know what that's that's what russ is able to talk about right now he's not able to have a genuine conversation because he's been building his brand he's been building rw3 with ciara and all of their family endeavors he doesn't have the opportunity to step off of that vulnerability plank because if he does he's harming you know, the reason why he is the Russell Wilson of today. Okay, so you just brought up something. And I'll ask this question. When Russ got to Denver, I thought he was for sure a Hall of Fame player. Is he still? Is Russell Wilson a Hall of Fame quarterback? In the chat, right now, Russell Wilson retires today. Does Russ get into the Hall of Fame? I think no. I, I didn't think he was a Hall of Fame player when he got traded. Um, Why, you didn't think he was a Hall of Famer when he got here? I wasn't I wasn't exactly thrilled with the, the move. Oh, elaborate on that. You didn't like the move when they when they got Russ? I told you I was never going to talk about this on camera. Um, gotcha. No. You didn't just say no. I wasn't no. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, you know, like when you feel enthusiasm and hope for the future. When yeah, one yes and two no's. We got a hell nah. Hell nah. No. Coach Davis. Nah. <laughs> Coach Davis is. And AWL. That's a, that's a big no. <laughs> the further you can remove from a career, the longer it kind of takes to kind of digest. That's why I talk about the Patrick Mahomes goat conversation. Like, let's wait until careers have played out because narratives can change. But then also you have the idea of like, is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? It's yes. been a while since his career. Is Matthew Stafford if he retires? And I mean, maybe. if it takes a long time, you've been telling me yes, and now you're giving me maybe. I said maybe. And Russell Wilson to me doesn't feel like a Hall of Fame quarterback. 
But the last two years in Denver hurt that conversation. Yeah, it definitely hurt the conversation big time. So, look, that the Hall of Fame has become, you know, they're a point of contention. There's a lot of people that, you know, even Coach Prime, who we're going to interview on Wednesday, has said there needs to be another level to the Hall of Fame. And we're going to talk to him about this. I'm definitely going to bring this up uh, because I, I tend to agree with him that there's what is really the precursor to get into this. Like, if you're saying that, Everybody's the same that's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> There's guys that are in the Hall of Fame that don't think like that, and Coach Prime's one of them. So I, I'd be eager to hear what he has to say about that kind of topic as well. You know, with Stafford and, you know, Coach or Wilson and all these guys that have one ring, it makes you wonder if, if, if they're really Hall of Fame players or not, you know, and, and that's not our decision. But at the same time, from a legacy standpoint, it's so important with football players, man. The legacy you leave behind is. I mean, it is unbelievably important to understand that it can be elevated and or tarnished quickly these days. Well, Ben Roethlisberger, a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yes, he's got two rings, three trips, and even with all the off-field bullshit, and he played for the Steelers, he's getting that 100%. And it's it's a narrative-based a lot of the time. First ballot, 100% narrative-based. I mean, that's not even that's not even a question. Absolutely narrative. Just based. chuck any quarterback that has a Super Bowl appearance in there. Yeah, I don't know if you can go that road, but at the same well, time, quit like, making it such a freaking show pony event and well, put people make it make it. Well, Roethlisberger's got three trips and two rings, so. See, Josh says question Eli it. question mark. I know I don't believe he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, if his name was Eli Rogers, then maybe not. But his name's Eli Manning, and he beat Tom Brady Let's twice. Let's not season. go there. Well, we in. didn't have to talk about that. Homeboy's getting in. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dog. <laughs> I mean, look, even even McLean brings up this, you know, Charles Jim Plunkett, not a Hall of Famer. His other comment, Eli Manning's entire career, two Super Bowl years. I get it. But my question, this is very simple. And let me ask this to everybody watching. And thanks to everybody. Make sure you like and subscribe, pound that like button. Can you write the, the history of the National Football League without talking about them? And you can't do that. The only guy to, like, beat – Tom Brady twice in Super Bowls is Eli Manning. But that's every. It's, it's it's. But not everybody can be included in the conversation of all time. Like you can't you can't say the history of the National Football League and not if you say their name and bring up their story, they're probably a Hall of Fame player. That's the way I think about it, at least. That's fine. You're allowed to have your opinion. Well, then, I mean, as a member of the players' union, I think I do. <laughs> I was just gonna say that, jackass. <laughs> I wasn't. Gonna... That's it. I'm done with the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Tell people it's a great show. I we really appreciate it, everybody. Look, one more time, we're gonna throw this up here. What we're doing on Wednesday. Hold on, and this next Wednesday, the 28th of February. I'll be in Boulder, Colorado at 1 p.m. for a one-on-one sit-down face-to-face with Prime. Cut that up! <laughs> That's definitely going to get thrown up. I'm going to have to wear my nice watch. I'm super pumped, and uh, it's going to be a great interview, and I, I can't wait to sit down with them and, and talk shop. At Live on Zero to 60 at 1 p.m. On, on YouTube. So make sure you go over and subscribe. Try and loosen it up a little bit. and. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I cannot wait. Uh, it's going to be an incredible interview. Uh, I don't know if we're going to do tomorrow's show, if we're just going to prep 
for uh, Wednesday. We'll be posting on social media to, to give you that rundown. Uh, but look, we really appreciate everybody today. We had a lot of eyes in the show. Make sure you go like and, like and subscribe. Big thanks to Bree Mazes for all she does behind the scenes. You Without her, this show would not run. So thank you very much, Bree. Uh, thank you to all, everybody watching and engaging. We really appreciate you. Without you, there is no show. Uh, make sure you go on social media and follow uh, at Bree Mazes 303 on all of her platforms. And then also me at 60 Academy on all my platforms and keep all that party going. Uh, yeah, man, we're going to have a Twitch feed up here pretty soon at the gym, and we got a lot of shit rolling. Uh, so keep your ear to the ground so you can hear the buffalo coming because we be stomping. So everybody have yourself a great day, and uh, we will be back and ready to roll on Wednesday with Coach Prime up in Folsom uh, for a one-on-one -on -one sit down for about an hour. I cannot wait. Uh, I'll let you know if we're going tomorrow and breathe. Have yourself a wonderful Monday, everybody out there. Have yourself a wonderful Monday. And we...